Read, read, read. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Lopez, and welcome back to another episode of Spill the Page. Well, I decided to go back in time. Well, not too far back in time, but to a series I read where I literally could not put it down. I read it from beginning to end, and I'm just only talking about the trilogy series, not the ex- the other books that came later on. The recent ones, I should say. It's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I started reading these. I literally got to see who Lisbeth is, Lisbeth Salander. She was like a tough, no-nonsense, quiet, real observant. I think this woman, she could literally just literally sneak into anywhere, you know, take advantage of the whole room. Of course, it probably helped that she was a hacker as well and did back another background scene. So she's remaining in the background to be more observant of people as well. But yeah, this these books, I could not put down. As soon as I read the first book, okay, okay, I'm done with that. Let me see what happens there. I had to read the second book. I play. The girl who played with fire. Yeah, she played with fire, all right. So once I was done with that, then I had to read the next one. I had to see what happened to her. The girl who kicked the hornet's nest. She kicked it up all right and made a big old storm out of it as well. I'm going to start with the first book, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And this is how we get introduced to Lisbeth and a little bit of her background story to see how she got started. I like the fact that I think she should be put up there with one of the strong female characters. Be- kind of like, um, who am I thinking of? Ripley? Like Ripley from Alien? Sort of like that. But I think to her advantage, she used it to, she was very, very smart. But a lot of people didn't see her that way because she really didn't like to interact. I guess most she liked to be more of like an introvert or keep to herself, which is fine. That's fine by her standard. If she didn't really have to deal with people, the better for her. And I get that. I, I can understand that as well. But I tell you the what, though, when she started, when I read those scenes about the fighting scenes and the ass, that okay. Yeah, this is a woman to be rec- reckoned with. But yeah, she, she used her, let's see. She used her size to her advantage. And I guess one of the scenes I was thinking about when uh, Mr. Bierman took advantage of her. Oh, that was a big no-no. That was a... You know, you fell for her because, you know, she had to have evidence, right? So she knew what she had to do. Of course, she knew she paid for it afterwards. You know, it's like, well, why Why is it that always an authority figure like this always takes advantage of takes advantage of somebody? But the bad thing was that he thought that she was just meek and weak. And, you know, that wasn't the case because she came back with a vengeance. And if anybody had read those books, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because she was not playing around. Then that's when her character is like, oh, everybody, I'm sure everybody was like, uh-oh. Yeah, she used her size to her advantage, because people thought, like I said, they thought one thing. Oh, yeah, I can take her. She completely fooled them. Another aspect we learned, she has photographic memory. So anything she looks at, anything she observes, she has it right up here in her head. She's very intelligent. But like I said, people don't see her that way because she's very keeps to herself. And she's quiet, but she's always observing. That's when, of course, Miko, Miko Bloomquist comes in. That's why he hires her the position to investigate this disappearance. Not necessarily murder, but it was a disappearance. Of course, you know that story with one of the biggest families, biggest well-to-do families in Sweden. So the further she digs, the further down, you know, she starts finding out things. And what she find out what happened to her, to the girl. It was the uncle that was trying to look for her all those years, you know, that she vanished. But, you know, give it to Elizabeth to find out, to really dig, to really investigate, because she really wants to get the job done. While all that's going around, she has to deal with something else, another conspiracy dealing with her father, Zalachinko. And then something else with their half-brother. He's another nut in there. Everything going on in the background at the same time, it's like, okay, well, Something's going on. Something's up. So probably at the end of that book, okay, we finally solved the mystery, finally saw what happened to her. And if you haven't read this book, please pick this one up. 
it's the first one is really good because it really has starts a background starts you know getting to know the characters as well but she finally solves it she chases after the guy that did does it and of course you probably wouldn't expect who it was everything's all hunky-dory everything's solved of course like i said something else in you know in the background she's working on dealing you know with the guy that's basically money laundering of course that's a whole setup she has to do by herself on her own but she didn't she didn't got away with it as well so finally, at the end of that book, then we start The Girl Who Played With Fire. This is another story, a background. Basically, it's Elizabeth being in, how can I say, being monitored, I guess, by these guardians. There was one guy that she really liked, but of course, he got sick. And he was still around, but she, she still went and visited him when he got ill. But she's always had to have somebody, like, say, like a guardian, basically, you know, to ha- look up how she's doing you know does she need money that's what Bjerman did he was in charge of that but see he messed with her in the wrong way he paid for it dearly he paid for it but they had an agreement of course and so yeah but that's always alive after she got uh, hospitalized and being watched by a doctor Dr. Teleborian he was another nutcase he has a story behind it as well but it's all about being something dealing with her father Zolachenko all that conspiracy, conspiracy, you know, what's going on. Finally, what, why? It's finally you find out why Elizabeth, that's why they call her the girl who played with fire, because she really did. But she did it for a reason. But like I said, there's another conspiracy behind all that going on in the background, having to do with her, her father, his dealings with the government. It's like one big cover-up after the other, but the whole purpose of it, they were trying to keep Elizabeth, like, basically hush-hush which is why they kept her in the hospital. That was their whole dealings. It's been a while since I read these books, but if I remember correctly, that that's the main focus of this book, The Girl Who Played With Fire. So after I was done with that story, then I had to immediately get The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, and oh my gosh, what a conclusion. Well, technically not a conclusion since I came out with two more books after this one, but this is, I figured at the time it was the end of the trilogy, which it just summed everything up. Elizabeth had a big old fight. Of course, she got injured and shot, so she's up in the hospital up in there. Miko's trying to get a, you know, a story that's going on background about her dad. At the same time, she really can't have any electronic devices in the hospital, but, you know, Miko tries to uh, smuggle something in there, and she, you know, she, like a little phone or something as well, but she did it. She typed up everything, what she knew about her background, and sent it to Miko so he could print it out. This is all a big cover-up story. So finally, she gets free, not free, well, they sent her to jail, apparently. Of course, like I said, all the big cover-up, everything that was going on had to do with her and her dad. But her dad made sure it was her dad and other government officials covering up a big old conspiracy. So she had to go to jail, stay in there before she had to go to court. Because it was Miko's sister that was helping her out through the trial as well. Of course, all this time they were grilling her, you know, making her sound like she was incompetent. And that wasn't the case. She was not incompetent. She was far from it. She knew she was a very smart girl, woman. And she does everything that she could possibly do. But the thing I think to her advantage was she didn't say anything out of place or out of character. That's the thing. She was very observant. At the same time, Miko's trying to, you know, get all the story together, get it all together. And, of course, he's being... Um, stalked basically they're trying to prevent him from writing the story is what it is again she's supposed to she's still on trial answering all the prosecutor's questions till finally everything starts coming to light apparently she had a video which she hid for that reason as proof it was the incident between her and mr bierman that, like I said some of these scenes I read uh, were very graphic very explicit and very just 
made you feel uncomfortable. But I think, like I said, when you read it and it's watching it is a different story. I did see, I did see the movies. But like I said, reading is more graphic because it's very more detailed. But if she didn't record it, they wouldn't have believed her. And she knew that as well. So she did have proof of what she was telling because they were trying to make her out like she was lying this whole time and she wasn't incompetent and she wasn't right in her head so she can go back to being hospitalized so they kept her hush-hush. She wasn't having it this time. Of course, she had all her hacker friends back her up as well just in case anything happened. And they were helping her out. That's the thing with good friends that back you up like that. They all stick together, right? So finally, all this was coming to light. Dr. Teleborian, the one that was hospitalized with her and kept her in there when she was a little girl, finally saw his light of day and saw his justice. We finally got to see justice for her. Yeah, he was behind it too as well. Of course, they found out, you know, all the conspiracy as well behind with her dad as well. And of course, she had to deal with her brother as well. He was a different story. The thing, I guess he had a condition where uh, if you stabbed him, poked him, hurt him or anything, he didn't feel any pain. Which is kind of, you think about it, kind of scary because you can't really inflict pain on somebody. Well, they just keep going what they're doing, right? And so he was considered dangerous. Of course, she had to deal with them as well. Again, she used her size to her advantage. Of course, when everything all said and done, everything was like a closed book. You know, the court was over, the trial was over and everything. It's just everything came to a good ending, which I really appreciate because, like I said, it, it concluded the story of what was going on. I haven't read the other books yet. I guess I'm kind of hesitant to read the other ones I guess, because Stieg Larsson, oh, I forgot to introduce in the beginning, Stieg Larsson wrote these books, these series, and they, I have to say, they were really, really very well written, very just put together. And, you know, he passed away, unfortunately. And I think that's what happens when an author passes away. It doesn't keep that that spark that's gone when they wrote, you know, originals of a series like this. The spark is usually lost because it never wants to get once they're gone. You can't really get that or capture that again. And these are this was a great series to read, a great trilogy. I know I enjoyed myself because I'd really <laughs> I stayed up super late reading, you know, reading this all up in the hours, knowing I have to get up early for work the next day. But it was worth it because I, it's like, okay, let me see what happens. And like I said, you know what happens? You're like, let me just read one more chapter. Let me read one more. Ch- well, you know what happens when you read one more chapter. You just want to keep reading, right? I had to force myself to stop. That's how bad it was. But these how good the books were as well. So yeah, once everything came to a conclusion, it, w- it was a good ending to the last book. Of course, like I said, they made two more books. with another. He, apparently he left, he was starting, Steve was writing another book and left some pages, I guess. And so I guess another author decided to pick that up from there. I haven't read the other two. I guess I'm kind of hesitant because I know it's Deke, but I know it's part of the other author as well. So I guess the style would probably be kind of different. I'm just assuming. I haven't read them yet. But yeah, the, this was a really good series if you haven't read it, and I highly recommend it. I did see uh, the original Swedish version because these books were actually came out in Sweden. So originally the the language was in Swedish. So when I did see the movie with subtitles, they were speaking Swedish. Of course, I was reading the subtitles of what they're saying, but it, it was so cool because this is how the book was originally written. This is how I would think about it as well, you know, being in the native country that they're in. And really, the actress, Numi Rapaz, oh my gosh, she was so good. She was so, I mean, she really brought Elizabeth to life. Of course, now I've seen her in a lot more movies, most notably on Netflix, of course. 
I know she's been on Netflix. Um, what happened to Monday? If you haven't seen that one, that one's really good. She was in Bright with Will Smith, and I think she was in Close, where she played a bodyguard, bodyguarding this other. Yeah, she's been in other movies here. She she's crossed over to the uh, over here to the United States making these movies. So she's a really, really very talented actress. But she, the most character I've always known her for is she brought Lisbeth Salander to life. And she really did a great job of it because, like I said, she fit the description perfectly. The way they did all from head to toe, her look was just spot on. And people are always saying, well, I'd rather read the, you know, hear the dub version. It doesn't, everyone really makes, well, that's just me, my opinion. Everyone really makes sense. I'd rather hear it in the language and I don't mind reading subtitles and, you know, what it was originally written in. But again, this is the girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, the trilogy, the girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the girl who played with fire and The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest by Stieg Larsson. Like I say, if you haven't had a chance to pick up this book, I highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it, because it's a really good series. Well, it looks like this is day seven of my week-long readathon. I hope you've been enjoying my books I've been doing the last week. I know I have, bringing all this new content to you every day. As I said, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I finally had a chance to do so. So I do hope you enjoy listening. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Spill the Page. And again, thank you for listening to my podcast. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to my channel. I would greatly appreciate it. Please stay tuned tomorrow for a brand new episode. Of course, it's tomorrow is Friday, so it's my last one. But I hope to make an enjoyable one. Until then, everybody, please stay safe. And don't forget to read, read, read.